0: Hello, fellow Rebel Capitals, hope you're well. So we've got some new data from MasterCard. You would think they kind of have some insights into what is happening with the economy, especially with the consumer. And their one of their lead economists came out and gave a prediction on what he thinks we will see in terms of inflation throughout 2023 based on these insights It might be exclusive to MasterCard or maybe Visa, American Express, something like that. So let's dive into this story from CNBC. Title, inflation has peaked, according to the MasterCard economist, based on this insider information, but it's not returning to pre-COVID levels in 2023. MasterCard says inflation has already peaked, but it will remain above the pre-cervasive sickness level, so above 2%, basically the Fed's target. Inflation has seen its peak this year but it will still be above what we had been used to prior to the surveys of sickness. And this is what Mann, who is their, David Mann, who is their main economist for Asia, Pacific, Middle East, and Africa, is what he told Squawk Box Asia. Now, before you say, oh, George, this is uh, nonsense, or you say, oh, George, yes, I believe this, wait until you hear some of the other things that the guy says (laughs) that might make you slightly discount his initial view. Going further down the article, and here's where I start to get suspicious. We do expect that we go back down in the direction of where we were in 2019, where we were still debating how many countries needed negative interest rates. So to me, someone that would say, would use those words <laughs> together in a sentence would lead you to believe that he was someone that was part of this debate. He was actually you know, saying, okay, well, maybe we should have negative interest rates. Obviously, I'm someone that would say we should never, ever, ever, ever have negative interest rates. And uh, there may be a cost-benefit analysis, but the costs are far, far, far going to outweigh the benefits. So can you imagine me in an interview or even on one of these live streams saying that, yeah, inflation might go back to where it was in 2019 when we were still having that vigorous and um, intellectually rigorous debate on which countries needed negative interest rates. Like that never comes out of George Gammon's mouth. (laughs) Why? Because I think negative interest rates are terrible. So the fact that someone would say this, again, he's not saying directly that he is in favor of negative interest rates, but it seems like he's in favor of at least having the debate. Oh, I guess I'm in favor of having the debate, but I just think that uh, the only reason I'm in favor of having the debate is to expose how ridiculous the idea is in the first place. And my guess is he has a, a little bit different view there. So that's the first thing that I saw here. It was like, yeah, I don't know. Maybe I should take this guy's. Opinion with a grain of salt. It says inflation has become that big challenge. It's been spiking and staying very high. Man said, but he warned that it would be risky if central banks end up hiking rates more than they need to. Yeah, but wouldn't it also be very risky if they didn't hike rates as much as they need to? You see, the the, the downside is for the government really here. Oh, I, I shouldn't say that. But a lot of the downside is for the government. If they hike rates too much, you see, because the government benefits technically, uh, theoretically, it benefits from consumer price inflation, assuming that the receipts are going higher as well. Now, that's debatable in and of itself, because I would argue that most of the receipts going to the federal government are a result of asset prices, not really inflation. So you can have an environment where we have high inflation, but if asset prices are coming down, I would say the receipts most likely will come down as well. The challenge is if you've lost orientation of where the sky and ground is, you're not quite sure where you need to end up. Uh, Okay. Like they, like the Fed had some sort of like clear orientation prior to 2019. I mean, when has the Fed had clear vision and, and, and specific and uh, robust orientation based on anything that has to, that has anything to do with, macroeconomics. (laughs) I mean, that's their job, but he's making an assumption that they're good at their job, which I don't know about that, David. And another thing you'll notice with these mainstream economists is they pretty much get paid to have a consensus view. So even if you get it wrong, as long as everyone else is wrong, you're not going to get fired. But if you get it wrong and everyone else is right, then you're going to get fired. So it sets up this kind of weird type of incentive structure where the mainstream economists and the talking heads on CNBC, the ones who are, are are respected, they always come out and pretty much state the obvious. Like, where do you think inflation is going? Well, and you'll notice they always start by saying what's happened in the past as though that's some sort of revelation. They'll say, oh, well, you know, since 2019, inflation has gone up and we have seen it peak over the last couple months. It's gone down. It was at eight 3, or was at nine went down to eight point two and now we're at seven point seven. So we see this trend continuing uh, into the future. The Fed, we think, has got a, a handle on the U.S. economy. We think rates are at a prudent level, but the Fed is going to increase most likely by 50 basis points this week. And going into 2023, we see inflation coming down slightly, but not getting back to a level where we were in 2019. So what I just said, as most of you know, sounds exactly like what someone would say on CNBC, like exactly word for word. But I sat there and talked for 30 seconds and I said absolutely nothing. (laughs) I didn't say anything whatsoever, let alone something insightful. I just repeated what's happened. I just, then I reiterated the basic trend that we're on right now and extrapolated that into the future. Hey guys, I want to remind you to check out Rebel Capitalist Pro. This is the incredible online investment forum that I have with investment experts, Lynn Alden and Chris McIntosh. It includes professionals such as Patrick Serezna from Macro Voices. He specializes in options. Tony Greer, commodity trading. Jason Hartman, real estate. And Brent Johnson with Macro Economics. If you want to build wealth and thrive in this world of out-of-control central banks and big governments, Rebel Capitalist Pro is the resource you need. So check it out today at georgegammon.com forward slash pro. That's georgegammon.com forward slash pro. We'll see you inside with the fellow rebel capitalists that are taking their investing to the next level. My point is that's what these people do because that's how they keep their job. And here is where he just completely goes off the rails. He's talking about uh, the consumer spending, and I think this is interesting, though, so let me go ahead and read this whole thing. Consumer spending, despite high inflation, man said U.S. consumers are still willing to engage in discretionary spending in areas such as travel. Why? I think the reason you're seeing this is because young people, especially, favor or um, are – I think young people today are much more inclined to spend money on experiences than – spending money on things. Now, for Josh, you know, listening, he may say, oh, yeah, of course, that makes sense. But back in when I was growing up, it was the complete opposite, complete opposite. And so this is definitely kind of a generational type thing. You say, OK, George, well, what does that have to do with uh, what this economist is saying? Well, because if we look at the wage increases, the nominal wage increases that we have seen throughout the last call it year, year and a half, it's disproportionately happened with younger people in these kind of lower end jobs. So although they're still not making as much as that 60-year-old person, the rate of increase has been way, 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 way higher. And plus they're living in their parents' basement or you know, they don't have a lot of these expenses, their student loan, they haven't had to pay that in a year and a half. So they've got all this additional purchasing power And so to me, it would make sense that you're seeing travel as uh, something that's kind of propping up consumer spending in aggregate total. But here he, like I said, goes off the deep end. There is something in the back of people's minds that worries them that even though it's not very likely, it's still possible that these COVID restrictions will come back, meaning lockdowns. I don't know anyone who thinks that, well... Let me take that back. I don't know anyone that is like a normie, like an average Joe or Jane that, uh, you know, is completely oblivious to the World Economic Forum, let's say, that thinks these restrictions will come back. And the people that I do know that thinks there's a possibility these restrictions will come back think that they will do so not for health reasons, but to take away freedoms and liberties. And you could probably put me in that category, <laughs> yeah. but I don't know that there'll be Cervasus sickness restrictions, maybe more so climate change, or maybe restricting you, effectively restricting you by limiting how much money you can spend per month on certain items. Therefore, once you've hit your max, you, you, you basically can't leave your house. You're basically in lockdown because you really can't spend any money on, uh, on anything other than you know, buying wheatgrass and and mealworms. So that's kind of how I see it playing out there. But but this again would lead me to believe that he's really within the mainstream and he's really kind of just, you know, one of the the, the useful idiots that just kind of follows whatever the media is saying in the global elite and the World Economic Forum and the IMF. And therefore, I I would uh, be rather hesitant to put too much weight on these predictions. That he is using because, you know, after I read this article, it seems like his predictions are more coming from uh, his motivation to not be fired uh, rather than this um, maybe potentially insightful data that he has access to via, you know, working for MasterCard. All right, guys, enjoy the rest of your afternoon. As always, make sure that you're standing up for freedom, liberty, free market capitalism. We'll see in the next video.